On this episode, we're going to be talking about Space Jam, A New Legacy. Now guys, if you haven't seen that, this is a spoiler warning. Turn this podcast off, watch the movie, come back. Now Coach Demo, I know you saw that new Space Jam movie. Of course I did. My kids would have never let me see Daylight if we didn't go see that movie. Unfortunately, we didn't know you could see it on HBO Max. But we all went down to the theater and it was the best decision we made finally had a weekend home with the family and we went down there and watched it as a family on those lazy boy recliners got the snacks and we really enjoyed it what did your kids think man my kids loved it you know my daughter was in and out of course on her little phone doing some tiktoks in the dark i don't know how that's possible but it was bigger for my son who really wanted to see this movie you know i let him watch the michael jordan version and now it was the braun version my my family loved it I absolutely loved it. I know there was mixed reviews, um, but this movie was made for the kids, man. So when you're there and you understand that, you gotta appreciate this type of movie. I thought, I thought Braun did a, a great job. I thought they, I thought it was very well put together. You know, I think at the end of the day, that's really important to remember that it's about the thematic elements. It's about uh, how the story is told, what what it's about, and who it's for. You know. When I was a kid, I watched the original Space Jam. My perceptions of the two movies were completely different, right? As a, as a kid, I'm seeing Michael Jordan, the Looney Tunes. It's a comedy fest. I'm loving it. But the movie also got kind of mixed reviews, too. It wasn't, you know, critically acclaimed, quote unquote. But I don't think that's what this movie is about. I think it's about exploring topics that are kind of difficult to talk about, difficult to explore, and exploring them in a different way. You know, bridging the world of sports, basketball, and Looney Tunes and making it applicable for kids to understand. Yeah, there were so many special things that my family really got out of this movie. I mean, it also bridged the gap with my wife's understanding on the why I raised my son the way I do. You know, she never really had an understanding, and now she was able to see in a movie, Braun as a as an athletic family, the way he raised his son, the accountability about the work that needs to be put in, you know, in order to be great. And when she seen that in a movie, she was able to able to understand and grasp the concept of the why, and the why I train my son and teach him the way I do, and the foundation and we're working to set for him and the hard lines that I push. You know, now she gets it. She it, it actually helped her. And me bridge the gap of communication and understanding in that sense. Also, my son got to see, you know, what it takes to go through specific adversity situations and and family values, you know. So there was a lot of life lessons in there that I really valued and were really gra- grateful for. I think what's so special about it, too, is that in the movie, Bron has two sons, one who's super into basketball, willing to work hard and another another son who's you know seeing it more as I'm doing it for fun I like building video games and and making stuff online but Braun tries to treat them the same way right he wants them to both have that love for basketball and he pushes them because he he knows that they have so much potential right um now I had a grown up I had a sister and I you know still have a sister but we were treated a little bit differently than by our parents when I grew up I started to realize why both of us had different needs. We had different interests. And my parents were were mature enough. Um, they were great parents to recognize that, hey, 
we need to give our kids different experiences. So were there kind of moments in the movie when you were like, wow, this is how I how I treat my kids um, because they, they need something? Like, what was your kind of reflection on being a father? Man, no, all I got to say is me and Bron got a lot in common, you know. We're both 6'8". <laughs> get out of here <laughs> Man, you've been you've been six four on this podcast you've been you know six foot now you're saying six eight actually you've been six seven too everybody in the comments let them know ah, we both we both we you know we both losing our hair you know but at the same time i think when i saw him brawn it kind of helped me be accountable for thyself and want to change is you know i saw the way how hard we can be on our kids but it's because We've been through these certain struggles and we know what it takes to grow and be great. But at the same time, we have to be present enough, present enough to understand what they want and what makes them happy, you know, and put our pride aside and, and not make it about what we know, and what we want, but know that they are a different individual in their own, in their own way. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like you kind of resonate really heavily with both movies for different reasons. Space Jam, A New Legacy is you as a father. Space Jam 1 is you as a son. Because I know that your father pushed you to be great. Right. You, right. And just in that first movie, Mike is saying, you know, I'm going to go to the NBA. And then I'm going to go play baseball, just like you, Dad. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, they found balance. Mm -hmm. You know, they found balance. Like, it showed the struggle of... The grass looks greener. That's what I think I want. But those are that's really not what my values, what my heart is saying, you know? So for Braun, he wanted this. He wanted his son to be great, want to put in the work, but wasn't really understanding what his true gifts were. Mm. You know? Jay-Z, he said, be careful with your dreams because people impose their own fears on you. They say you can't do something because they couldn't do it. But here's the other thing. People will also impose their desires on you. I'm going to say it again. People will impose their desires on you. How they think you should act. How they think you should be because of the things that they see. And that can, that can stem from a lot of, that can stem from a lot of parents. And I see a common, a common theme of parents being great athletes or parents being great at what they do. Because it's their kid, they automatically think it's going to translate. But at the same time, is it may not translate in that same umbrella. It may those gifts may translate to something else. Like, look, he has those brawn gifts, but they translated into what his passion was through that game, through gaming. You know what I mean? Through tech. So, which is cool. He had that same passion, the same drive, that same tenacity, the same gifts, but it went in a different field. But some parents are so locked in that they may not see that. They don't value that field as much as they do their own. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, the movie opens up. Again, here's a crucial difference between the first two. First scene in Space Jam 1 with Michael Jordan, he's playing outside by himself. Mm -hmm. Then his dad comes out and they have this heart-to-heart -heart kind of conversation, you know. In the first movie, and we all know this, Bron didn't really have that relationship with his father. It was with his mom. Right. So she was there supporting him at the game, but she couldn't even go to the game, you know, in, in the first in Space Jam 2 in the movie. It opens up. 
He's got his basketball game, but his mom can't even go there. She's supporting him, drops him off, and says, good luck, right? Now that LeBron has achieved this success, you know, he is a a present and, and like, amazing father. He wants to be, for them, what he didn't have. Mm -hmm. And because he didn't have the experience before, he doesn't know what works and what doesn't work because he doesn't have that perspective. Right, right. And look out, but how did Al G, matter of fact, Al G must have been the funniest dude, man. Oh my God, what is the actor's name again? That's that man, Don Cheadle. He is hilarious. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. But anyway, you see how he moved him and swindled and finessed him. How did he do that, Max? He finessed him with what? He gave him control, mm -hmm. right? You can choose your attributes. But, and this is what's kind of interesting, right? It was fake control. We, talk, we talked about fake sleep, right? right? Like sleeping pills. You think you're getting good. But when you take that easy, quick route of just turning your stats up to 100 without, uh. without working for it, you don't actually have it. You don't you you didn't get that that mental toughness instilled because you get that through adversity and that character that grit building up to that level if you just jump to that level you haven't done the work so when you face someone else that level they may have more mental toughness grit and things that they went through to to win at that level that you didn't because you know it's I mean? about over it's about what you overcome to get there right mm -hmm. yeah yeah, one of my favorite parts of that movie though was was when Braun took it to another level after halftime. They came in, they're in the huddle, and he looks over after Al G is lighting his team up, Bobby Knight and his team, and he look and his son looks over at him and he looks over at him like it's what it is. Now you see. You ever you ever play one on one with, with Lil Demo? I do. He, he's getting that smoke every time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No wins. You know there's going to be One dad, one trophy, one dub right here. You know there's going to be one day where he comes <laughs> back, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. But he ain't going to get it anytime soon. Uh -uh. I can't allow that. It's right. only right. Why? Was, Tell me why. Tell me why. It's only right that he has to earn that. Once you give him that, he ain't going to work for it. It's only right that I push a hard line of work in order for him to continue to work for success. I had a, I had a conversation with my dad um, and we, you know, we were just kind of talking and uh, I brought up, you know, things from childhood. You know, he was also a coach of mine too growing up. And, you know, I had a conversation with a friend of mine too. And he said, Max, you know, your dad kind of pushed you harder than anybody else on the team. Like, um, and so I kind of brought that up with my dad and we had this conversation and he says, I do it because I think I, I believe you're more capable than you even think you are. We need people like that in our lives to see greatness inside of us, even when we can't, because even though it might hurt in the moment, it's going to pay dividends in the future. When we realize I had it all along inside of me, I just had to believe and work hard enough to get there. Those are the early lessons. Like, are so important to learn but when you're going through it it hurts mm -hmm. and if they're not there to support you 
you know, those those they're easy to black out through the process. And he started to black out his dad because his dad wasn't giving the support he wanted. Right. But when that came around, it was the ultimate love to help him perform at peak state. Yeah, because, you know, LeBron's wife in the movie was saying, go have a talk with your son. Go listen to him. Mama knows. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, moms are important. Moms are incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Mama knows. At the end, right, they finally have that conversation. And they can, like, see eye to eye and say, this is what I need from you. And we can have a conversation when, when you know, you increase that communication. That's all a relationship is, is are you willing to listen to what I have to say? Mm. And then, again, are you willing to listen to what I have to say? Detailed communication and ability to receive, seek to understand before being understood. That's leadership, right? Mm -hmm. That's leadership. Yeah, man. How does, I want to explore that theme a little bit, actually, because when LeBron's, you know, ganging up with the Looney Tunes, they go to the locker room and Bugs Bunny says, you know, we're trying we're trying to play how you want us to play. Mm. And if that's when he that's when it hits him. Like that. He's like, I'm not allowing you to play how you will play best. I'm I'm telling you to play how I think you should play. But it was it was a different world. But it was a, it different, was a different game and he had to adapt. But a true leader adapts. Mm -hmm. You know, and at that point in the beginning of the well, when they when he first brought that team together, he just wanted to be understood. This is what I know. This is the way it needs to be. So I know how to win. But then at halftime, when adversity was hitting, those things weren't working. And once he made the choice to seek to understand before being understood, that's when that light bulb went off. Mm. And that's when they made change. That's when they made adjustments, like a championship team. And they came and the tables and turned and they ran it up. And let's let's even like focus on the on a real world uh, example too. Um, the team USA is probably the most talented stacked roster, right? I mean, you got Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal. Unfortunately, he got injured. Um, Dame Lillard, uh, Kevin Love was on the team, but I think he also dropped. Um, who else you got? Who else? Draymond Green, of course. Um, you just got a stacked roster of NBA all-stars, right? They went up against Nigeria, and they lost. What's more important, coach? Having a team of all-stars or having a team that trusts each other and that works hard together? I mean, of course, they trust each other and works hard together, but at the same time, you're going to need a couple all-stars in there. But holistically, it's the team with the most cohesiveness, chemistry. You know, they, they trust one another because you gotta, you all got to trust each other to move together and move as one. And so when Bugs was, you know, Bugs Bunny was putting his team together, he needed people he could trust on the team. Um, you know, LeBron wanted uh, X, Y, and Z, and Bugs was not listening to him at all. <laughs> So in some sense, you could blame Bugs, right? Because, like, you know, this is LeBron's trying to build a team. And I right. can understand that frustration. Yeah, but and at the same time, it wasn't his world. Mm. It wasn't his world. They all went into that algae rhythm where they got caught in there. 
So things had to change. He had to adapt to that world he was in. He had to put his pride aside. There's a character trait on him. He had to have humility and gratitude. And the game was different too. He had to learn a new game. Mm-hmm. In-game coach. Yep. He had to be an in-game coach. He had to coach thyself. That's right. That's right, actually. It, it was a, uh, a transformative movie, right? You saw LeBron kind of grow up in that sense mm-hmm. as a father figure. Where he had to actually look within himself and say, I need to be, you know, I need to support my son in a different way. I have two sons. Both of them have different needs. Yes. I think it was, and I think too, it was a big, it was tough for him because that was such, he automatically thought his sons were going to follow those same, that same path. So I think it was very touching at the end when he surprised him. You know, he thought he was going to basketball camp and he really at the end still wanted to impress his dad after probably how much his dad came around and he loved him for making that change and believing in him and respecting it about the game he made and what he's doing. But then Bron's response was, man, give me that ball back. This is really the camp he wanted to go to for you. And I think he really made that full transformation as a father in there. And you do that through genuine love for your child. You know, sometimes at the end of the day, it's really about what they want and what makes them happy. And when he saw that joy on his son's face, I think it completed it and made him happy. But it's tough because the word yes and the word no provide, um, you know, uh, bits of happiness to a kid, right? Hey, dad, can I have that? Yes. Oh my gosh, this is the best day ever. But if you say, hey, dad, can I have that? You know, can I have this? And you say, no, like it crushes them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I want want to hear your opinion on that. Having to tell, uh, you know, your kid no, even though it's hard right like you don't you don't want them to be upset yeah no it's hard every day but at the same time you got to push a hard line or they're going to be spoiled you know they're going to expect everything you know you got to put in this work or you ain't gonna get this reward you know you gotta enjoy this process or you won't be able to identify and enjoy the fruits of the labor at the end or within how do you teach that so i teach that by really gassing and hyping up the the small victories within the day and the rewards after the work. So let's say he put in work for something, boom. Here comes my joy, here comes my my excitement, let's go. You hype you know, him up. Worked for that. I hype him up. You gotta hype him up. Even if it's the smallest work, it's gonna lead to more work. And if you hyping up things that don't come to work, they're gonna feel like it's easy. Mm. That's interesting. If you say it again, if you hype up, if you hype up things that do not come with work, they will always think it's easy. Mm. I was I was actually thinking about this the other day. Um, You know, I've been working on my shot for a long time Mm -hmm. because, again, I made a transition from um, from soccer to basketball. And I still like playing soccer, but basketball is like my main love. Right. And I knew I had to do a lot of work to shoot. And at the beginning, uh, I wasn't very I wasn't a very consistent shooter. I mean, you know this. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> but over the years, right, it's been a long process. And, uh, you know, look, again, I'm not going to cap 
I'm not playing college level. I'm playing at the rec. But with that said, I'm more addicted now to shooting and more confident because of the work that I've done. And it feels more fun now. Whereas before, I had when I hadn't put in all the work, yeah, I wanted to shoot, but I was scared. But you stayed in it. So some people quit fast when they don't see quick results. And then they don't they don't get to get they don't get to achieve those rewards that you're feeling because they didn't stick out the process long enough they didn't have the discipline the resilience but if you do stick out the process work becomes so much more fun because you're good at it you fall in love with the process you fall in love with the process and that is the major key yeah so as we move on remember fall in love with the process and when somebody pushes you, know they're doing it out of love because they know you're capable of more than you believe in yourself. Hang around the ones that are going to hold you accountable and push you and drive you and make you work for the sake of growth. Coach that environment. Yeah, man. Coach that environment. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Coach Thyself podcast. Again, if you haven't seen Space Jam, Go out, take your kids, go see it. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Turn me up. <laughs>